0: Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations.
1: We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The
2: Trojan horse. the fifth column.
0: Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column. Podcast. This is your Almost <laughs> Weekly. I've said it so many times yeah. that it, it doesn't really bear repeating, but still, Almost Weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves, who also occasionally need a respite from this sort of gathering. Nevertheless, we're here and we enjoy this, and I yeah, am a Foster.
3: Right? As I have been for a very long time. <laughs> I took it as being just kind of like, you needed a break from Fisher. That's yeah, Matt then, Welch. Yeah, sort exactly of like the previous voice
0: uh, was Michael Moynihan. Yeah. They mentioned well, Anthony Fisher. Well yes, We're still here. All
2: I don't know what I did room. to deserve that, really. And yeah. we are yeah. delighted no, I, but, to be this Camille wasn't Yeah, me. yeah all but of you the way, By the
1: way, we started this, I just want to, two things, okay? go for it. First thing first, I just got back from upstate New York. Yeah, I'm still drunk. And I'm a little drunk.
0: So I just want everyone to know that. Not that you Grove, you obviously took a train. What? Clearly.
1: I would never drive for two hours. <laughs> I know. What am I? Like, yeah. seriously, what do you think no, I am? This is
0: what the Metro North is No, of. I saw,
1: like, a, one of those films that I was in. It was called The Glug. It <laughs> was actually actually a film that I saw when I was in, like, uh, middle school about drinking and driving called The Glug. Huh. Yeah, and the kid drove up a fucking bridge or something. Must it must have like, really
2: made an impact And, I, and like,
1: I saw it, and I was like, what an idiot. What, what are you driving on a bridge
2: for? Yeah. And then it's you like, saw Stevie Wonder's <laughs> Don't Drive Drunk video. Oh, great.
1: Right? A great song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> great a
1: real, song. That That's, really is. It's great. It's so a 1984, great song. Don' a- drive, Drunk, drunk. Yeah. Dun, 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 could you dun, imagine dun. if that came out in like 1968 and Teddy Kennedy yeah. was like, Wouldn't a work. great
0: song. Would not have I'm worked. not going to
1: drive <laughs> off that bridge. But the best, <laughs> the best, the best <laughs> lyrics that in that,
0: that song died. are mothers against? against drunk driving are mad. Yep. Yeah, they're mad. It's totally true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to spare the acronym for you. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. so
0: many songs, so many songs that could not be made today. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go. Well, there's that
1: one and there's a, uh, um, self destruction.
0: Could you not make self destruction today?
1: That yeah, well, with miss, it's Melody, just bad. It's just bad. Yeah, it's just, and bad and it's also like there's not, it's not, yeah. so it doesn't exist anymore. But I just want to say two things. One is that I'm drunk, so you guys can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, and number two, Fish started this before we sat down and said that people are complaining.
2: Yeah, just uh, in the last 48 hours, the, the what was a slow murmur over the last yeah. couple of weeks during our, our break, our new yeah. break, mm. turned into uh, outright rebellion, and even people spreading rumors that the podcast was over. Yeah. Mm. Who's that? Tell me their names. Uh, yes, it uh, was over. Tell me
1: their names. Yeah, since the last episode. Two, we're fucking Italian. <laughs> we take it all this off. Jesus Talking Christ. Talking about our hands oh. I mean, exactly. <laughs> It's like we...
2: That's uh, our break. Uh, so, the th- at Thin Skin Fat Dude uh, oh. said it was a good run. Was that run Thin al- Skin Fat Dude? It was this good run while it lasted, which snowballed into Wait Is the Pod Done by Spark the Revolt. Oh, and, yeah. And I had to kind of jump in there, and it didn't chill everybody out. You didn't have to So, the that. fat
1: guy got the revolt guy, yeah. and it all went out of control. Yeah, okay. and
2: I, I, I tweeted the... Well, uh, tell, the I'll tell call.
1: you what, fucking Thin Skin Fat Guy, <laughs> <laughs> or Fat Skin Loser, whatever your name is. I don't know. Jesus. But no, come on. I could have stayed... Uh, um, upstate tonight. And, mm-hmm. uh, my friends palatial, I mean, palatial is kind of an understatement. It's an mm. insane. Mm. place. I could have stayed there. He's got mm. a pool, he got all this stuff. But I came down here to this dumb fucking podcast. <laughs> and how did I get here? I got in the car. Who drove? I don't know. You didn't drive. No. Because you wouldn't drive drunk. And but when I got here, you had, <laughs> you had, you had, you had <laughs> provided a bottle of Jack Daniels, Tennessee honey. Honey. Camille, sweet as honey. Yeah, that's disgusting. I though. picked that up. Honey liqueur.
2: I picked yeah, that up. I picked yeah. that up on the way yeah. here. Right. I didn't well, anything.
0: that was a bad choice. I think
1: it's I'm got
2: sorry. that syrupy. I'm going to drink thing. it, but it's I think it choice.
0: tastes good. I like it, and I'm feeling a little bit of buzz. So of course that's you good. do. It's effective.
1: I had Corvassia last night. I told you about that. You you did. Yeah. I, two I don't glasses. know if you want to tell anyone else. Nah, about I, was, that. I don't want, want to tell about that. But it was a little weird. I ordered a calvados because I'm like, you know. My name is Michael Moynihan <laughs> from Massachusetts, and they brought me some Corvassier, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Here? Pass, yeah,
0: past the Corvassier. Anyway, yeah. I don't
1: like. I could go into that, but you know, no, it's, it's you know probably whatever. best that we
0: don't. That, they, that
1: we these don't. are the stories. That, <laughs> these are the things, sort of that anecdotes that do. I tell when I find out I have cancer. <laughs> 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 it's like I don't care anymore. What are they going to do? I'm dying. That that's not true. Yeah, All right. actually, okay.
2: You'll be, start you'll, be, you'll be like the Yule Brenner without regrets. I'm always the Yule Brenner without regrets.
0: Well, I. I don't even know where, where to go today I mean we did exchange emails there's plenty really? that we could catch up on it's been some times since we last seen each other <laughs> I know everyone is talking about Kavanaugh stuff I suspect we'll have to make a pit stop there and talk about that but I'm mostly interested in catching up with you gentlemen is there anything else interesting going on in I your lives? hear
3: about the Swedish elections morning oh man yeah. Yeah, so let's, let, hand, let's dive in I into saw Johan Nornberg uh, just last night yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, you yeah, he, he said, saw you yeah
1: I, I actually interviewed him for, yes, for tell the tell us piece about time your, time. your European adventure he's
3: got a big adventure. new documentary out about how um, uh, Bernie Sanders' idea of Swedish socialism is wrong.:
0: Is that
1: right? Yeah Well looks you go. Yeah. Yeah, I went um, I spent ten, <laughs> 10 days in Sweden, and then uh, seven, I think. I've been gone for a while, seven in Italy. And the Sweden was at the Swedish election, and I spent some time with the insurgent populist party, the Sweden Democrats, and some of the people that were doing kind of the alt media in Sweden, because Sweden, there's a great phrase in Sweden, uh, Swedish, it's called Six corridor. And it's like the kind of opinion corridor that you are not allowed to kind of deviate from in the mainstream media. So there is this kind of really interesting subculture there that's been, and, and the guys all who I talked to said, they're you know, in, invariably they're men that said, you know, uh, we have the biggest alt media in the world. I mean, Breitbart daily caller, these people have nothing on us. And it's sort of true. In the days running up to the election, there was this kind of onslaught of like fake studies and things that the alt media was spreading fake news. There were bad studies. Um, so I met those guys who are fairly interesting. One um, guy named Chang Frick who runs a, a website called Nihetri Dog, which is like the News Today. Who told me he was a libertarian, um, and then at various points he was like, "You know, actually, I'm kind of a Marxist." <laughs> and it's a very European thing. So the whole the whole kind of length of of the trip was understanding that the new right in Europe is Steve Benton's fantasy, right? They're like, they love the the Sanders left and they love the Trump right. Mm -hmm. They have no interest in free market people. They have no interest in that. Like there's a moment to them, which is like 1978, 79, in which Margaret Thatcher comes to power and then Reagan kind of echoes it. And it's the era and the dawning, the time for choosing speeches before that, but it's sort of laying the groundwork and setting the table for this new era of kind of free market conservatism and f- that the sort of right becomes this free market thing. Whereas now they'd have no interest in that. And like our moment is now, we started with Trump, that's our Thatcher. And then you have all these parties in Europe that are doing quite well, who are f- quote unquote far right parties. And I say quote unquote, because their economics are quite leftist and they just don't want immigrants around. You know, we talked about this show before. And it was really interesting because I was in Italy where the league has taken power with Matteo Salvini and I mean, they have like a 70% approval rating. Whoa. It's crazy, like 60, 70%. And it's essentially like we hate the EU and we're not going to leave the EU in a Brexit way. But like these guys are making us take all these immigrants and all these migrants. And it was uh, it was pretty, pretty intense. To Which see uh,
3: immigrants do the Italians hate? Is it still the Albanians or does they, they shift it over to uh, uh, what Syrians? Do you,
1: what do you got? Yeah, because they'll hate it. I, I spent the day um, last week. This is maybe giving away too much, but I spent the day with three guys who were shot on the same day. Um, two were from Mali and one was from Ghana. And they were shot in Macerata in the middle of Italy. And you can see the story. It's very it became quite a well-known story. Um, there's a woman, a white, white Italian woman who is killed, dismembered, literally dismembered, and and found in sort of multiple suitcases or something. And, uh, the two suspects who were arrested were Nigerian Mm. and a guy who is a far right guy in the town of Montorano, uh, went home, got a gun and went around and started shooting people and specifically targeting people who look like migrants, Mm. non-white Italians. Um, and the weird thing about this is that there are people, and I talked to people there who do not condemn him. Um, which is pretty, pretty astonishing. It's like Bernard
3: Getz, except yeah. without the it, actual,
1: it, it, uh, it, 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 That's it's, an incredibly smart parallel. It is, it's like Bernie Getz and there are people like, look, I don't condone, condone violence, but, but. Mm-hmm. and so then, you know, I tracked down the six people who got shot. Three of them wanted to talk to us. Um, and you know, I feel this guy from Ghana, like, look, they're all, as we would say, illegals. I mean, they show up in Italy, they want to work. It's a tough thing because they're not Syrians, because they're not Afghans, because they're not Libyans. And they're literally coming now in this wave as the, these guys traveled to Libya from Mali and from Ghana and took boats over, very treacherous passing, and they just want to work. That's the only interest. And they, they, they can't. They, they sort of try to claim asylum. They don't have political reasons for doing so. And the one guy that I, I'm really, was really um, astounding and astonishing to talk to, a guy from Ghana, who had been shot in the arm twice. And he came to pick tomatoes. And that's what you do in, in Italy if you're an immigrant from Ghana. And he can't move his arm now. And he's in this kind of limbo of that the Italian state, he has he has no passport, he can't go <laughs> home. And it's this weird thing. So, I mean, when we think, my thought about this, is, I had many dumb thoughts, but I think one of the sort of mo- more coherent ones was that we were having a conversation, the whole whole crew, a like, decent sized crew, and I said to somebody at one point that, you know, we think we're unique, America, in our racism. And we talk about it all the time. We, how, like, we're this is the original sin of this country, et cetera, et cetera. You can argue with that or you, you know, it doesn't matter, right? But you go to places that have not dealt with multi ethnic societies, like Italy, for instance, hmm. and you see how they respond to it. And these are the peace people for years, for decades, for centuries. That were talking about the United States as this failed state, failed society, in which anytime you represented in cartoon form the US, there'd be a Klansman. And the Nazis did this quite quite frequently, by the way. Yeah, Klansmen, the yeah. I mean, you see that you see this quite quite often. And and it was fairly easy for them to do this because there was no similar history. But now you see these European countries having this similar contemporaneous history and dealing with it in a way that is um it leaves a lot to be desired. I remember uh,
3: in, in uh, living in Prague in the early uh, day, early 90s there, you would have black wives of black servicemen from bases in Germany yeah. who would come over to Prague and they'd have their little shopping uh, wheeled carts to buy Bohemian crystal mm-hmm. for cheap. Um, it just was a sight that you saw all the time. And uh, you'd get to talking to them and you would hear similar stories, and I'm sure uh, you did too, uh, uh, living in Europe, which is like, uh, people grow up, especially if you're young and you've probably been around a, a college campus or whatever, or maybe just you've had the experience. But with the default expectation that we are basically a racist country, or at least have a, have some level of racism in the country, and then you go to a place that hasn't dealt with people who look like you at all, yeah. um, and and I mean, and even who are friendly. Yeah, <laughs> you know super duper friendly people and it's just like can I touch your hair and uh, and like uh, there's uh, a, a sense uh, a lot of people it's a wake up call uh, uh, seeing well, there. It, reminded me, it reminded
1: me of Camille's favorite person ta Coates when he said oh I can't take this anymore I'm going to France <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who had spent more than three minutes in France was like Oh, I think that's a bad and France idea. is
3: better than most of the other places and, and,
1: and it is and I think that the one thing that one has to remember and especially in immigration debate, because this is the roiling debate in Europe and most certainly in America, um, populists can succeed in this always, right? We have essentially full employment in this country. You know, we can talk about wage growth and lack of wage growth over the mm-hmm. past 20 mm-hmm. years, but we're talking about 3.9, 4% employment, 4.1% employment. And yet the president of the United States can can, can, can wage a successful campaign, By targeting Mexican immigrants. And there was like a net negative number of Mexicans coming across the border in the years prior to him becoming president. But nevertheless, it really kindles this thing in people and they, you know, let's take our country back from these interlopers. In Europe, it's quite different because these people actually are coming in. And in Sweden in 2015, they took 163,000
3: people, uh, refugees. That's like five times per capita than anybody Than anybody else. And anybody else. And,
1: and, and, this is a country of 9 million, 9.5 million people, 163,000.
3: All named Bjorn, all in the sauna.
1: Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the interesting thing. I went to a place called Södertälje, which is a, a, a city outside of Stockholm, and it is one of the majority minority cities in Sweden. Over, not even majority minority, it's much more than that. Over 50% of the people, 53, 54% in Södertälje, were foreign born. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean the second generations that are there, that's 60, 70%. Um, and I met a guy and it, I, the, a piece that I did that aired already, but I met a guy and this didn't make the piece. And I was quite annoyed that it didn't. Um, and he was from Liberia, um, black guy from Liberia, spoke English. And he came up to me and there's all these little, they call them volstuga. It's where all the parties get together in the center of town and they hand out the literature. And he, we were, it was in front of that. And he said to me, he said, can I talk to you? I said, of course. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to say? And I said, do you, do you? his Swedish was terrible. <laughs> it was like, we spoke, we spoke in English and his, his Swedish was like a bit, bit, you know, clunky. And he said, I've been here since 2000, 2001. And this is two interesting things. One about ethnicity and one about the welfare state. He said, you know, I'm not going to vote for any of these people. They're all fools. They're all clowns. They're all liars. And I said, well, if you did, if you had to, who would you vote for? And he said, well, the Sweden Democrats, mm. the far right party. And I said, well, really? I said, you know that people say that they don't like immigrants, you're an immigrant, and they're racist. I mean, what do you think about that? He's like, no, 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 they're completely on on point. And the reason they're on point is that there's all these Syrians coming. And then there's all these Iraqis coming and all these people coming and they want our stuff. We get that stuff. We get (coughs) the stuff from the state. And now we get less stuff from the state because of them. That was the first issue. Uh The second issue was that you don't realize, because we're dumb white people who believe that this is a sort of binary white, black, white minority issue. We. Well, you don't count. I, I mean. Yeah, because you don't. It's you true. Know, I'm you know, very intelligent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so That's the first problem. You're Joe
1: Biden clean. Yeah. Um, but the, and the, articulate. The, the thing that, that I found interesting is they bring all their confessional hatreds too. So there is literally in Sweden, you say some skinhead will throw a Molotov cocktail and, you know, where asylum people are living in you know, a blow up or something. And you get the cover of the newspaper or anything. The covers in Sweden, especially in local papers, is the fact that the confessional things that are problems in the Middle East are also problems in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Sunni and Shia in these places that are all stuck together, right? Uh. And you know what this guy from, from Liberia said at the end of it? He's like, I don't want Muslims. I'm a Christian. And that town is 50 plus percent foreign born. Where are they from? They're all from Iraq and they're all from Syria. How many mosques are in the town? Zero. How many Christian churches? Six. Really? How many churches that give services in Aramaic? Four. Oh. They're all Iraqi Christians. They're all Syrian Christians. And these people support the far right. A number that I met because they say to me, like literally, this is not my opinion, and I think they're wrong about this. They say to me, "We left our countries to get away from Muslims, and now you want us to to to, to say we should have more." I mean, this no, I'm going to vote
3: for the far right party. This is a Steve Bannon uh, idea because it's exactly right because they have always been complaining that. America discriminates against Christians in yeah. the Middle East, Middle East, and the Middle East, um, <laughs> which I think is wrong. And I it also I also think that the way that they uh, enact their policies about refugees guarantees that you're never going to get any Christians because you don't have any refugees anymore. And they had, yeah. they just uh, the new target for this year is thirty thousand. Thirty
2: thousand down from forty five thousand. It was one hundred sixteen thousand in twenty sixteen.
3: Yeah, and the which uh, wasn't all that high anyway. In the uh, the average. Refugee intake, um, more or less over the last 40 years, has been 90 or 100,000. And instead of taking one out of every 40 worldwide refugees, now we're taking like one out of every 350.
1: They like to point out, by the way, in a quick interruption, so to tell you the time I was in, that they have taken total. More Iraqi refugees than American c- Canada combined. Mm. This tiny town has
0: sure. taken
3: more. Wow. Well, this because yeah, something... we
1: like we start the war and we don't do anything about it. And well, there's something b-
3: b- before we bounce off. Sorry, mm-hmm. just to ask a, a factual. Um, so, is it like crime ridden? Is it is it messed up?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's it's better now. It's not nearly as bad as some of the other places, but it's better now. But we went to. Um, uh, Rinkaby, which is a place in Stockholm, uh, Hoosby, which is like where all the car fires were, people were burning. And we went to the town center. Um, there were cops, uh, that had posted up right after we got there, we were on our way out, but we had our cameras and we said, um, this town square, let's, let's, let's go to the, and our guide, um, said, no, 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 you don't go in. And I said, well, come on, we don't, we don't give a fuck. Let's go in.
0: You, so are, said, are you describing a no-go zone?
1: Uh, well, they referred to it as a no-go zone. I mean, legitimately, the people that I talked to in that neighborhood referred to it as a no-go zone. And they said, do not get out. Because mm. because if you have cameras, if you get it on your own, you're probably going to be fine. But if you go it with cameras, you're going to have a problem.
3: Dude, I thought Vice used to be hard, man. You guys would just <laughs> you'd go out there in the middle of the shit, man. Uh, just I, when the drug dealers I, are blowing up the I, prostitutes, I man. Mean, they I, had, I had one camera with me. It was a $30,000 camera. <laughs> yeah. you know, it
1: was a fucking nice camera. But, yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask something about this piece um, that you did. And folks can find this. Nazis may ho- may have found it's a bad headline. rising I have no political idea. party. Yeah, I don't know who wrote that fucking parentheses, stupid Parentheses, HBO. It's, it's on the Vice News thing. You'll find it if you're looking for headline. it. Wrong but headline. but about this this Sweden story that was yeah. published, um, specifically, there was a moment in there where you had just finished talking to the the SD candidate, yeah. who had been articulating his perspective. You Very appropriately, nice guy, by the way. Yes. Appropriately pushed him yes. on the ridiculous yes. claim that he was unaware unaware, unaware. unaware. of the yeah. Yeah. Nazi yeah. Nazi yeah. history yeah. of his yeah. party. Um, but then you went and talked to his neighbor and she Dude. made a comment about um she said something along the lines of and if you think it's well that there's differences between people cultures and religions then essentially something is wrong with you you are not expressing yeah. the fundamental values of our country and at the moment she said that i thought to myself well that's interesting i mean there weren't differences mm. between cultures, for example, between religions, then everyone would have the same culture and the sure. same religion. Yeah. The fact that it has become, in many places, taboo to even mention the fact that there are differences, the fact that it has become exceedingly taboo to mention the fact that when you import, for example, a large, say, young... Mm-hmm. S- uh, Mostly young of male. Yeah. of sing- Filled with single males. Yeah. Males who traditionally in the United States, males happen to perpetrate most of the violent crime in this country. It's they, what all the people they say, they like, where for are the most women? Of the crime. All these people are coming in. Where yeah. are the women? The, the, fact, <laughs> the fact that you do this sort of importation and there there happen to be consequences and you can't talk about that in a nuanced and sophisticated way without being branded a racist at all. And I'm not saying this man from the SD was, but it seems as though the sentiment there was, if you believe there are differences, then, you know, you're, you're completely out of bounds. I wondered to myself when I saw that, um, if that might not account for a portion of the problem in Europe um and perhaps even in the United States, to the extent that people perceive that extremists seem to be garnering a great deal of support, support yeah, sure. maybe that has something to do with the fact that, that mains in the mainstream it's become impossible to have a, a real conversation. Look, about I think some you're
1: I think you're a thousand percent right. And I like that. we That's we cool. we are at a point now. It, Donald Trump attracted how many? 60 million voters, right? 60 sure. 60 voters, which
0: 60. which I, I'd probably argue has more to do with the fact that he was on television in a sure. show called The Apprentice than the fact that he expressed that racially even
1: if you have that, right, and then you take it in this, in this effect, you look at the sort of broader scope of this stuff across Europe, mm-hmm. and you look at the power held and the balance of power that are held in these parliamentary democracies by these far-right parties, that is Austria. That is Poland, uh, Germany cl- fast approaching with AfD. Hungary. It is true in hung- is a completely controlled in Hungary. It is one hundred percent true in Denmark. It is true in Norway. It is increasingly true in Sweden. All across, so we are at a point where it's no longer useful to say that the X number of people who vote for say the Sweden Democrats are just racist. It doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Did I meet racist who probably would vote for the Sweden Democrats? Absolutely. There
0: are some of those people. Of course around. I did. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of them. You yeah. Know?
1: But it, it, you know, at, at this point when I saw, and, and you're right about the woman, the thing is I, the guy that I spoke to that that, piece, that bit was in there, um, which is, you know, I I hope he's okay with it. But He's a he's an, a nuanced guy. He's a mm-hmm. smart guy. And he did acknowledge that this was a party that had a very shady, murky past. He did do that. And at one point, I say, well, why don't you just start a new party? And they say, well, actually, in, in Sweden, it's the most Swedish thing in the world. It's the most bureaucratic thing in the world. <laughs> it's like, well, you get funding from the state, and if you change the party, you don't have to, you have to get X, not the whole <laughs> thing has to happen again. We just stuck with the name of the party. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But the neighbor, the this is the craziest story. And there was no way in a four or five minute piece To convey this, his house was in the middle of nowhere, outside of Sototalia, beautiful house, Mm -hmm. classic Swedish kind of hvergård, they call them, beautiful like farmhouse and the rest of his horses. And we went to town, did some stuff in town, and they went to our Iraqi woman to, you know, our immigrant, and we got her address and, you know, put it in the GPS. And we're driving and we end up at his house. And we're like, wait, what? And we drive... And oh, we're like, wait, what? Literally, we had no idea that our other subject was his neighbor. We went to the house. She said to me, I heard today, my son said, they were playing with the kids next door, have kids <laughs> of similar age, that um, that the people next door are voting for SD. I said, oh, interesting. I'll talk to you that when we get on camera. And we got on camera and I said, like, you do understand that your, your neighbor is a city councilor for Sweden. <laughs> and she's like, no. And then she tells me the story about bringing him like some Iraqi cakes and he never re- returned the spoons or something.
0: <laughs> True. That's what, she, that's what she
1: said. I was like, I don't
2: think he was paying attention, but, um, so they, so they don't have like wait, placards he, on their car, their lawns. You no, know, it's not, for no, for it's it. not like <laughs> a,
1: you know, a, a picture of uh, a al-Sadr <laughs> and his is a picture of like, you know, Selma Lagerloof or something. It is like literally they had no idea they were living next to each other, but she's wrong on that one point of saying that like, you know, our culture is everything. You know, it's, it's anything that it wants to be. There's literally no culture in the world in which you could do that, in which you'd get the ascension of people all around, except for in Western Europe. And this is what drives far right parties. You don't go to, you know, sort of, you know, Tunisia and say there's 350,000 Americans coming and it's gonna be kind of an American culture in the future. They wouldn't accept that. And so Swedes are starting to to project this quite a bit. Italians, more than anybody I've ever met in my life. I mean, I met people for 10 days in Italy. Uh They were like, why can't I try to preserve my culture? I love Italian culture. I love the history of Italy. I love what Italy's given the world, and I don't want to, you know, and subsume lo- our culture to other people. And I love living in my mom's house until I'm forty. So you I record. <laughs> yeah. all so these people interviews. like that, yeah. but like, look, there's has been for about hundred years. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I'll say this uh, the last thing as yeah. I'll say is like, uh, there's a lot of counter- counterarguments for that. Totally, but the main argument for most people is that the left-right, left and right axis that we know in the past doesn't make sense anymore. Uh-huh. We don't care about that. Um, that's the first thing, especially because they like class politics. And number two is like, why are you giving us a hard time for trying to retain our culture? We don't want it diluted. We don't want it sort of, you know, we don't want a multicultural society. I talked to a Polish MP from the Law and Justice Party who happened to happen to be at the Swedish uh, election party for the Sweden Democrats, and I said, how many immigrants would be acceptable in your country? Migrants from Pakistan. And with cameras on him, without a without a second hesitation, he says, zero, none. I don't want any. They're those people, right? But most people are about between him and the sort of liberal position where they say, this is actually a problem now. And we're going to vote for people who say it's a problem. And I mean, unfortunately, sometimes those are Nazis.
3: If you look back uh, at Very unfortunately. George Orwell's late 30s and, and even wartime writing, um, which he was trying to – figure stuff out himself, but also kind of talk some sense into his fellow travelers on the left. One of uh, the points that he makes is that, look, the problem with pacifists and communists and all these kind of people, actually communists are better on this on some level, is that the other side really understands that people like parades. Mm-hmm. And it's true, people don't like parades, except in New York, uh, as it's, much as I do they do. do not like parades. As much as, as they do uh, then. But like what that symbolizes is the kind of nationalistic rituals community uh, rituals and things and and get out and uh, and pr- that nationalism is normal yes. nationalism is not i don't think um synonymous with evil or wrong or bad and it's something that people have done forever so if it's been around forever just like religion has been around forever like dancing like music every culture produces nationalism so it's not uh, enough to sit there and look I've read my Ernest Gellner and so I nationalism's no good because it leads to these problems well sure applied nationalism does lead to a lot of problems however yes. nationalism is with us so how are you going to uh, admit that you live in the world And are part of the world And that your countrymen Who you disagree with Are also part of the world yeah. And are going to follow Some of the same patterns That's normal That's healthy You should find a way To make that story Normal and healthy And and I, I think uh, The American part of it Which is great Which speaks to me um, Is that our nationalism Is more rooted in ideas Like the French nationalism Also not as much But still In their own brains It's it's an idea More than it is a Set nationality And this is way more true Now than it was 20 years ago In the first World Cup team won. (laughs) That was an aberration. Now it's like, that's just kind of who we are. Um, But those are, you know, in Switzerland, uh, which has its own immigration uh, politics, to be sure, Ah, uh, those are aberrations. Another we should, country that
1: has a far right party that has a lot of and things.
3: we should we should both treasure what we do well, but also recognize that it, that it's in its own way a historical. And you got to make arguments for it, and recognize that the people that you're arguing with, uh, and yourself, if you recognize, you mean you, Red Sox fans, Yankee fans, you guys are nationalists yeah. uh, on some level, and you got to be able to have that conversation. To pretend it doesn't exist but, is folly.
1: So but, a, a quickest a quick, a thing here is that, and, and a question is uh, uh, to to you guys is that. I, a friend of mine, Indian friend of mine, uh, we were talking about this, and I was saying that, you know, I, it was a project that I was interested in doing about about racism, right? In this sense, again, that Americans think that we're uniquely racist, uh-huh. that nobody—we're horrible, and we go around the world and we hang our heads in shame about how racist America is, right? Um, you know, the images of a Charlottesville echo in a small village in Kazakhstan, <laughs> nobody cares. right? <laughs> but the reason they don't care is because this not only exists everywhere, it exists, you know, in, in worse ways everywhere. And my Indian friend said, you understand what's happening with the Rohingya, right? These people of Rohingya are Rohingya coming into India and they're like, Indians are like attacking them. They're like, they're terrorists. Get them the fuck out of our country. We don't want yeah. these fucking people in our country. And I said, oh, that's really funny. This was like three weeks ago. I just read an article about these Brazilians attacking viciously, violently attacking a camp of Venezuelans who oh. had, who had escaped. You know, gone through Argentina and everything, this violence being perpetrated upon Venezuelans across South America, right? They don't want these people in their country. They're leeches. They take their money. They take the, the services, et cetera. I
0: had an identical experience in South Africa when I was there. Yeah, the sure. Zimbabweans were being attacked. They were actually. Exactly right. Yeah. I, I saw contingents of Zimbabweans sleeping outside of police stations yeah. all over Cape Town. Holy um, cow. And the explanation to me was it was the xenophobia. Yeah people are being attacked yeah. inside of the townships for coming here and stealing our jobs. I don't want somebody, and I think this should be very, fairly clear, I don't want somebody on the
1: border, some doofy, you know, sort of white guy with big jowls going around and yelling at his bullhorn, pushing, attacking somebody who comes across the border. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But why I enjoy my country, and why I believe my country is on a good path and not on a bad path, is that if somebody pushes an immigrant down as they cross the border, one guy, one guy represents nothing, pushes the guy down in a violent way, there's a photo of it, a video of it, Even not, not even that, it's going to be a news story. Yeah, It's going to be a news story, and people are going to have maybe a little too much uh, introspection about it, but there's going to be conversation about it. Every country in the world, people, comrades, my friends, do you believe that Serbs like Albanians... That, that Croats, you know, like Bosnians, that like Kosovar Albanians, this is not a thing that is ours. We don't own it. It is part of our DNA. It is part of who we are as people. It is part of having borders and having countries. And everywhere I go, I'm like, God, you guys are fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they're like, I'm like, you know, in Italy, like these fucking Slovenians come over the border. I'm like, the Slovenians, who cares? They're like, no, man. They're like, they're like, Hutu's talking about Tutsis? Like, you know, their noses are a bit wider. And it's like, come on,
3: guys. Mm-hmm. I think the Italians are just pissed because the Slovenians now are richer than they are. Yeah, they, they are. They're <laughs> yeah. At their mom's house. Yeah. I think,
1: that. I think the four of us have, you know, more money that's, than the GDP of, of Italy in the past five years. Combined. It's a, it's kind of a rough country.
2: So, I mean, one thing I would say, just to, to bring it back a couple of minutes, was the idea that um, in, in Europe, and I think you could also make the case in the United States, that talking about nationalism, talking about identity has become something you don't talk about in polite society. Well, in
0: certain ways. Sure. Yeah. In, in, uh, criti- in critical ways, I'd say, unless yeah. you're critica- having- criticizing the majority contingent, i.e., in the United States, white people.
2: Yeah so so there's a, so so to me the reason that's a terrible terrible mistake is that it only leaves the opportunity for the hardcore nationalists the hardcore identitarians and the far right to have their say and to speak whatever they want to say because they're the only ones having that conversation and like are the only ones
0: with the willing to endure being called the racist because they're willing in to some be co- cases yeah. they, they actually are racist so as michael
2: said not everybody who will vote for people who are endorsing those those ideas are racist themselves, but they have th- they, this is the only alternative they've been presented with. And as Matt was saying, nationalism is totally natural, and it is totally natural in, a, in the, the world that is the, the existing one we live in. But both of these things can be abused. Nation- hardcore nationalism and hardcore identitarianism can be abused. And if we don't allow nuanced conversations about it, then all we've done is leave the space for these people. Well, one to- of the
1: questions I asked the Sweden Democrats after the election, a couple of people I talked to, is they got 17.8% of the vote, which is the third like, biggest party in Sweden. There's like nine parties in parliament. That's a huge number. That's a big number, big, big number. When I left Sweden, they were 3% of the vote. Now they're almost edging up to 20%. Wow. But there were some uh, polls that th- said they might be 25%, 24%, 23%. The most logical ones were between 17 and 21. But there was some disappointment that night. And what nobody wanted to pay attention to is precisely what Fisher is saying is that when people saw the electoral success of this stuff, some of the parties that were kind of limping along and trying to get, you know, the 4% that you get into parliament, they said, all right, let's do this shit. Let's go up this shit. And that's, I think, why they were 18% and not 24%, 25%, because all the other parties ultimately changed, right? They, they, they went along with this stuff. And you cannot find a mainstream party in Europe that hasn't said, okay. It's not limitless. We can't, because the question voters ask, and many people said this to me, there's like a script they were all working off of, is that how many can we take? Like, oh, yes, yeah, great. Open borders, fantastic. So if can we take 9 million more people of a country of 9 million? Can we can we do that? We're a welfare state. We have a very sort of rigid welfare state. And nobody's, the, the, the regulations of the job market, getting the job market is very difficult for, 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 for new immigrants, et cetera. That's the biggest problem. And it's not, you know, other issues that people talk about. But what happens when 9 million becomes 18 million and half of those people are culturally very different and don't have jobs? And you have, you know, the rise of criminality, which is what everyone's talking about in Sweden. It's not like, look, I am 1,000% pro-immigration everywhere, especially in the U.S., slightly more skeptical in Europe. It's a very different thing because they have a very different sort of apparatus of huge welfare states that have to sustain this stuff and it's becoming very difficult
3: for And them. you can't just have it happen by dictate from, you know, yeah, Angela Merkel. Yeah. It it has to you have to have a democratic conversation with your country. And if you're not, that's it. You are you are uh, creating your own eventual electoral ruin. But and you will deserve it. I let think. me let me ask a question though.
1: What if and this is the question that one can ask, but let me try it because I've been drinking since sort of 1 eight, 1 in the afternoon. No. But it well by the way it's 8 now. Just for, the, just for the context. <laughs> but like if somebody says to you the country is nine million people of Sweden and we're going to assimilate, actually poorly, you are not going to assimilate, we're going to accept, you know, five million, hmm. eight million, 9, another nine million, 50-50. Do they have an argument? I know people that, that are friends of ours, very good friends of all of us here, they would say they don't have an argument. But I'm wondering, do they have an argument if they say the Swedish culture for millennia was very particular, very Swedish. I have a lot of jokes about Swedes because they're so particular, so Swedish. They act in such a particular way. D- is that something that's okay to say I want to defend? Or are you a proud boy? If you say like, yeah, look, I worry
2: about the, the fact that all the shit that I grew up you with. Should- I, I would say you need more specifics. When you say stuff like I need to defend my culture, like it could be anything as broad, you know, it could be as broad as I don't want here, Or it could be yeah. like, uh, I want liberal values that we've had for a whole long time in Sweden, and I don't want to have to create little pockets of fiefdoms where there's Sharia law. You know, I think there's I think there's, th- I think there's a, a conversation to be had in between those two poles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the, the thing that most people are saying is that second generation, third generation, etc., are, you know, especially religious people are exceptionally religious and are separated from. The mainstream
2: of society, yeah. and like which is odd because it's, diff- it's different here. Like the, the further but we don't get, do that. The, the, no. fur, the further you get into the generations of immigrants here, the less uh, religious and the less tied to their culture yeah. they get. But for some reason, yeah. in in uh, England especially, in the yeah. Netherlands, sure. like they, they they're more religious, they're more tied to a culture they never lived in than their parents were.
0: Might might have something to do with proximity to to the the mother country in certain circumstances, and I'm not I'm not so sure. You know, there there are oftentimes we'll talk about sort of his patterns um, historically, like the United States is the United States ability to have people become Americans um, traditionally when it comes to immigrant groups To, to talk about a historical trend like that, however, as though it is an immutable law. Like it's, it's, it is somehow now the fifth law of thermodynamics. I don't know how many there are actually are. So I'm just going to five thinking that maybe there's (laughs) not five. Um, But to, to presume as much, I think is a bit of a mistake and it, it, it makes it easy for you to avoid the hard work of making your argument. And quite frankly, when you do have uh, an extensive welfare state that you're trying Mm. to support the fact that the people who have to pay for that welfare state, feel themselves all members of a tribe and are starting to lose some of those sentiments, the exceptionally high tax rates that they might have to pay in order to sustain that, the fact that they'll have to endure knowing that their next door neighbor is taking full advantage of these policies, in fact, maybe living in ways that they might not They may be less willing to tolerate that. I don't know what the appropriate number is of outsiders that can come in and take advantage of the system before the system itself starts to degrade. And for the United States, to the extent we're beginning to flirt more openly with explicitly populist policies that might entail us embracing something like Medicare for all. Mm then we may have some of the same concerns at some point in the future. I can tell you from now that I'm already not interested in paying for much more for any of my neighbors, but that's because I'm a monster.
3: Well, I mean,
1: utopianism, this is the thing. This is the thing that like, they don't, nobody war games, this stuff. Literally nobody says, okay, if this happens, what's the counter reaction and what's the counter reaction to that. And they have this sort of spider map on the wall that shows what could potentially happen if you embrace certain policies. So there was a sort of left liberalism in which we would call left progressivism in Europe, fine, great, you know, sort of de for so many years. And that became one that was melded with identity politics in some way. So when, 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 when <sighs> mass migration happened, that came with a certain kind of guilt with it and let's allow these people in. Um, so yeah. Okay. Fantastic. But what they, none of these people ever anticipated was that this kind of stress on the culture, because and this is the most bannonite I can be, and most populist I can be, the most I can understand populist, is that that elite actually does exist, especially in Europe, much less so in America, in which there is a ten block radius in Stockholm that creates the sort of news and the culture, and they write for all the newspapers, and they have no clue what is happening and Pitio and Huleftio and Lulio up in north in Sweden. Did, did they refer all this, to it as flyover
0: country there too?
1: Uh, no, it's like why the fuck would I go there? <laughs> Ice fishing country. Ice yeah. fishing country, but the, the, and then all of these people clutching their pearls, trying to find their fainting coaches. That these Nazis have come out of nowhere. Some of them are Nazis, of course. I don't deny that at all. No doubt, and know. some of them are actually just social democrats actually most of them are social democrats they're like this is fucking up our welfare state but why does this surprise these people why do people who say let's let everyone in and we are good people we're a lovely country we're lovely social democrats and we've always been generous and big-hearted sida which is the sort of swedish institution that you know it's like usaid that funds all these things all around there why everyone loves us right everyone loves sweden And we're good people. Eh, well, what happens? You get 20% of the population's like, I like those guys who used to be Nazis. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. They're closer. No one's saying this, but they're saying it. And then all the other parties start saying this stuff too, is that the boomerang effect of saying, let's be open-minded and open-hearted, always remember that the big boomerang effect of that is not alienating a few people in the town where these people end up settling. It's creating Donald Trumps. It's creating a populist movement. It's creating the AFD in Germany, whatever it might be, FPO in in, in Austria. If you don't handle this in a way in which there's some interaction and transaction with your citizens, you're going to create populist movements. They're different. They're disparate. If you go all across Europe, they have very different kinds. Some of them are socialist parties. Some are a little more free market, but they all effectively have the same reactionary and literally reactionary uh, ideology and mentality of that, wait a second, we woke up one day and we didn't vote on this.
3: Right. And I don't- Which is it, why they're all anti-EU. They hate the EU. The EU does not, like, look,
1: you know, Brexit and this kind of it they're talking about in Sweden, <laughs> all this stuff exists. And, you know, Matteo Salvini and in Italy, they, they, they hate the EU too. None of it has to do with the curve of the fucking banana. Remember these, all these <laughs> myths of like EU regulations. It has to do with- Hungary is being attacked because, and we can, we don't have to get into that, but Hungary is being attacked, they think, because they're trying to go it alone in an uh, immigration policy, and a migration policy that is best for their country. And the EU is saying, no, you have to do it our way, which is do whatever you want. And the one thing that was really interesting, that, one of the most interesting things I saw in Europe, uh, the last couple of days I went to a neo-Nazi, uh, well, yeah, neo-Nazi <laughs> party. For fun, uh, uh, for fun. It
0: was a nice place to rave. It was,
1: it was called, it was, it was called good people. It's called Forza Nueva. It's an Italian party. Very fine people. <laughs> Very fine people. <laughs> On both sides. both um, sides. Forza <laughs> Nueva. Drink. By the way, not fine people. <laughs> anyway, what did I, what happened when I went to their office? Huge office, two enormous flags, Italian flags, right? They're big, they're, they're Italian nationalists. Nope. Two big Hungarian flags. Oh, my God. Greater mm. Hungary's back. Yep. Baby. And they're like, these are our heroes. They're from doing the what Baltics we should do. To the Adriatic. Yes.
3: 1913 yeah, is right? back.
1: So I know we went on for a little while. No, it needs to be longer. This, but, you uh, know.
3: Very, very quickly, to your point, uh, Camille, um, a one uh, a important difference with America is that in 1996, during our previous spasm of anti-immigration se- sentiment, hmm. we decoupled a lot of welfare from immigration uh, in a way that Uh, basically no country in Europe has done Um, and so the way that we give welfare to immigrants now is your kid can go to school and I guess he'll deal with you the emergency room and it's kind of about it. It's not mm-hmm. really all that much more than that. And then on, when you measure it, um, uh, the amount of, of welfare payments that go out, especially compared to how much goes in because they just throw money, they pay taxes and this kind of things, it's it's not a net yeah. drain here. And yeah. But there's an interesting part yeah. of that, which is that in the Scandinavian countries, one of the, the ways that people have been um, measuring this for a long time – those countries until now have had an unusual amount of social cohesion. Yeah. Yes. Um and that social very co- high social cohesion. Social yeah. cohesion uh, knits yeah. together this sense of solidarity, as the French would say, or you know, uh, we like the welfare state. And social cohesion has a lot to do with kind of, I don't want to say ethnic cleansing, it's a little bit too strong. Um, <laughs> but it has to do with homogeneity. Yeah. I got it. That wasn't bad. and and so they're dehomogenizing. Yeah. Uh-huh and the cohesion's going down that's yes. and what they happens like yes. Yes. and they don't have our track record you say it's it's folly or uh, you know it's a cop out to look at 248 years of history and say, "Hey, maybe we're good at this." And no, 242, whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe we're good at assimilating. I think we are good at assimilating, yeah, um, and, and in a multi-ethnic way. Um, but they—they're not. Almost nobody in Europe has a track record of being good at assimilating people. So their social cohesion. How many is going hundreds down. of years did you say? I said 248. I think it's 242. Okay. What, well,
0: you—you you had a, a many during that period. Many deeply hated immigrant groups who yes. became white over time. So you're, you're correct. I suppose there was some move in both directions. All I'm suggesting- all right, Look at the Chinese. I, I just, yeah, you know, that there, were there were laws that against Chinese hard.
2: immigration and now they can't get into Harvard. Yeah, yeah.
0: all I'm suggesting is that I, I, it's one, hard to just like, say that this is a, a law and not make the argument. I think what you just did, Matt Welch, is make the argument, which I think is precisely the appropriate response to this kind of challenge. I, one final point on this, we can move on, is that um, you
1: see all these- um, uh, journalists in the U.S. S I didn't, they're not journalists. They're fucking Twitter denizens that, you know, tag people on Twitter and are, are assholes. Uh-huh. And, um, they're the well actually brigades, right? They uh-huh. don't know anything about anything that will actually, <laughs> the, uh, this, I saw quite a bit, the, um, election in Sweden. If you look at this one poll done mm. by some bozo and written in this insane way, uh-huh. because if these people, of course, all speak Swedish and understand Swedish politics. And they say, well, the number one concern is not immigration. That's three or two or whatever. And the number one concern is healthcare. And my response to these people is, and you know, I've known this for years, it's proven itself in the past couple of weeks, too. Is that look, you dumb motherfuckers, <laughs> here is the deal. The Bradley effect in Sweden is that everything is about immigration. So if they're about, if they're talking about healthcare, they're talking about immigration. Always. It takes three breaths to get to it. They say, like, you know, we're worried about... this great health system we've built up over 20 years. And, you know, we really can't be a service because all these fucking Syrians are the right. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> Everything is about immigration. At the end of the day, don't let anyone tell you differently that like, actually, it's like really complicated. This, I've heard this a million times. It's like, no, it's actually not complicated. The people who vote for SD in Sweden do not like immigration in their country. They think yeah. it's too much, period. And everyone will tell you something else, but they're lying to you. Ultimately, they'll tell you that it's about immigration. So whatever. Let's, well, let's talk about something else. Yeah, let's 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 move away from this <laughs> for
0: a bit. Not, I mean, I'm interested in it. I could talk about it for for a while longer. But uh, lots of people have an interest in this Brett Kavanaugh stuff that's been going on. It's a weird, take, weird. Take another of that pronunciation. Brett yeah. Kavanaugh. There you go. Brett yeah. yeah. Kavanaugh. I don't, know what I, I don't know what I said the first time. That I was little, very NPR. I'm a little drunk, yeah. so this, this is only going to get better from yeah. here. Um, uh, the so. It had already been a pretty contentious Supreme Court battle. Shockingly, Donald Trump has nominated a uh, conservative for the Supreme Court. This is something that has shocked and outraged people because- Federalist society no one,
3: approved. No
0: one, no one could have guessed that this might happen. Uh, there was already a contentious fight. Um, as it seemed to be nearing its end, uh, there is a person that emerges who says that at a party, um, while they were both in high school, I believe- um, they were both in high school at the time, uh, that he tried to force himself on her. Um, and this is uh, an allegation that comes, what, 30-odd years, at least the public version of this allegation. Has come 30-odd 30 years, 36 years, to be precise. Thanks, Matt Welch. Um, after the occurrence of the event, and obviously, uh, and this is, this is quite a, a bit of miraculousness, partisans on both sides... Democrats and Republicans know exactly what happened. Um, Mm, On the Democratic side, they are convinced that this woman needs to be trusted, that she couldn't possibly be lying, and that this is disqualifying for Mr. Kavanaugh. And Republicans, many of them, um, seem to think that this couldn't possibly be true, that she is a liar, that she is a Democrat shill, and that she cannot be trusted and that Mr. Kavanaugh is innocent. I, on the other hand, find myself in a bizarre circumstance where I say... This is an interesting thing to have happen. I have no idea how you can adjudicate whether or not this is true, except by looking at facts and evidence. And it seems to me that it it might be really difficult to prove in either direction. I don't know, um, which is not satisfactory for, for many people. Um, gentlemen, I submit to you that this is a situation that a lot of people are deeply interested in, that we may or may not be able to arrive at any sort of satisfaction, Um, when it comes to a a firm answer um, about this. I have no idea how this will actually break because there's some polling that suggests that Mr. Kavanaugh's popularity at least in terms of people who explicitly say they support him is in fact declining somewhat is perhaps at historic lows um according to some polls it wasn't
3: high to begin with but
0: probably wasn't high to begin with although the number of people who are saying that they yeah. dislike him is about as high uh, um or that they like him is about as high as the number of people who say i don't know and the number of people who dislike him is higher still but it's still south of 50 percent mm-hmm. um I don't know how this is all going to shake out, but it does seem to me that there's something pretty crass and gross about leaping to conclusions about what happened here as a consequence of your party affiliation. But that's just me. I'll allow you gentlemen to weigh in. Perhaps there's something else here going going on here that's more interesting than what I've laid out.
3: Uh, Diane Feinstein Stein, um, has covered herself in inglory in this process. I have yet to see a convincing... Um, explanation uh, for her activities. because with Withholding
0: this information until the very end here?
3: Right. So uh, Christine uh, Blasey Ford uh, submitted this information, I believe, on July 30th. So this is uh, part of the time that you could have included this in a background uh, check by the FBI. Yeah, they held it for a long time. They held it. They didn't share it with the Republicans in the committee. So the only people who knew were Democrats. And I don't even know how many of them. Maybe it's uh, DiFi and a couple others only knew this they were, but was it was it deliberately held
1: so they could drop it at the end and cause chaos
3: i think that that is an OCam's razor situation yeah right. here because w- why else there was some reporting early on that uh, staffers on uh, uh, feinstein's uh, uh, staff looked at this and said you know what this is actually going to be this would be pretty hard to prove, because it's a single source story that's not tied to a pattern of behavior that we know of. Um, And it happened 36 years ago. And it's a woman who can't pin a date or even like a month, I think perhaps a year, but like, it's a pretty vague uh, allegation. There are not many people in the house uh, there. So it's going to be difficult to do um, here. But there's some reporting uh, along the lines that um, uh, Feinstein decided, well, you know, uh, let's see if we can get him out, you know, this way. And if that fails, we'll leak this information out. This information was leaked out by Democrats, hmm. right? This woman wanted to be anonymous. Um, there is a process by which you can deal with this. There are staff lawyers, uh, you know, I'm sure that process kind of sucks. I'm sure they don't have, uh, a, considering the like median senator is uh, 800,000 years old, um, they probably don't have a, a great sort of a sexual harassment protocol, which Anita Hill was writing about in the Times yesterday but uh they do have a process by which you can deal with an anonymous complaint they could have talked to the woman in a closed session uh, on her own terms with uh investigators with a mask on or whatever um they could have asked Brett Kavanaugh a single question he was asked 1300 questions in this process that wasn't one of them ever she never shared it with the republicans so this comes all at the end of the public hearings which are already uh, you know uh, ridiculous uh, spectacles with Cory Booker declaring that I am Spartacus and Kamala Harris uh, uh, making a fool of herself and a lot of just sort of selective. I'm sorry.
1: You said Kamala Harris made a fool of herself, but you didn't apply it to Cory Booker. Who is an expert in one thing is making a fool of
3: me. I, I think by saying that he said I am Spartacus. I thought, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought it, I thought it was implied, yeah, especially since know. that's no. not what the Spartacus moment was. No, it wasn't. Other people say the Spartacus. But it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. I don't want <laughs> to <associated> say <laughs> with a great movie. That was yeah. my Spartacus <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> yeah. Super good movie. Yeah. So like it only is sprung after everything yeah. here late, and we're doing this on a Wednesday night. Um, right now it is. Uh, we're at a deadline of Friday. Which Chuck Grassley, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, has said he needs to hear from Ford or her lawyer by Friday about whether she's going to testify on Monday. Her lawyer had originally said, "Yeah, sure, she's ready to testify." Um, the Republicans, I think, uh, wrongly said we're only going to take testimony from Ford and Brett Kavanaugh on this. I think you, if you have I mean, access to people who seriously who are are uh, you know seen to or, or pointed to have been at that party, uh-huh. you want to hear from Mark, Mark Judge. Judge.
1: Uh, by the way, and, who, and this who, woman so, on Twitter. Some, some of you who are of a certain vintage in D.C. and of a certain kind of uh, circles will remember him as Mark Gavro Judge, right? Is that the same person? Remind me about the Gavro business. He's, he's the middle name. He's the guy who wrote that book about like the Washington senators. Conservative
3: guy. He's a conservative guy. I don't remember a book about the Washington. I senators. think he was. He, he wrote, wrote a book about, a book the about like uh, Catholicism and. Uh, That's insect. probably the same. And he guy. also wrote a book about being a drunken shithead in uh, uh, Georgetown Preparatory School, in which there was a character named Bart O. Kavanaugh who's doing cakes. It today. appears
2: to be the same guy. Wow, wrote the senator's book. Yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. I see
1: no one's pointing this out. Yeah, good call. Yeah, he wrote a look. I just got baseball yeah, connection. And not only that, I was,
2: I was looking uh, uh, through was my Mark
1: Gavro, judge,
2: Gavreau right? Gavro, judge. There you uh, go. Uh, from heavy.com, just uh, right at the top, known as the town's most ardent Senators fan. He, yeah, uh, yeah. I tell yeah, that's to George Will,
3: baby. Yeah. Uh, but, or George Will's kid. I thought uh, he's a Cubs fan. He is, he's but a his, his kid's a uh, season ticket holder. But perhaps uh, a
0: ra- uh, attempted rape spectator.
3: I went to uh, my Gmail account and said, okay, if I, I've interacted with this guy or Google, um, and and judge he, Mark Judge yeah yeah me and, too. and and uh, he uh, you know he uh, accused me of supporting uh, sex trafficking like in 2014 because I wrote something against uh, the sex trafficking panicking so I was all ready to hate him and then uh, uh, also found. That he wrote like the most glowing uh, review of uh, the Declaration of Independence. And also, <laughs> really? Yeah, yep. Ah. Super awkward, and <laughs> and also had me and Nick uh, Gillespie go into his classroom and talk to his students about it in uh, in uh, two thousand. So that's oh, why you're Africa. defending him so, now. So I'm not it, defending him even a little bit because he, he does seem like a, a d bag and all these But you were saying, <laughs> so I, yeah, I,
2: yeah, I, yeah, we just got, we got a breaking news here. Uh, my, uh, Moynihan dug this one up. Uh, if 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 there's not another Mark Gavro judge, apparently a, a Yeah, yes, uh, his book wasted. a, a book yeah. wasted Tales yes. of a Gen X drunk. Yes, yeah. that's, that's him.
1: And by the way, it has, not, a, it has a one star review um, aggregated one star review on Amazon. Because there's 18 reviews, all of which are in the Banking. past four days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say that's
3: that's he not breaking, a, not breaking. I believe news. he has a character in that called Bart O'Cavanaugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's right. That uh, talks about all this kind of stuff. So you should have a Mark Judge testifying there, uh, and that's all true. But but I think what we're seeing is that right now uh, chances are she is not going to testify, and I don't see how you get out of this. I don't see how America gets out of this thing because it's 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 so damnably hard to prove. These things, even if they happened last week, let alone 36 years ago, you would need... Because uh, Kavanaugh has a blanket denial saying it was never anything like that at yeah, all. Yeah, two times it's, he said it. Yeah, he wasn't at the party. So, okay, you need to find anyone else who was there to say, well, yes, he was, or no, he was not. That's the only like bit of information I think that you can get that would be anything like Convincing hard evidence; otherwise, it's just going to be emoting, and then the kind of posturing reaction to the emoting, and we're all screwed up. So, what there do you is think? a what do former
0: you- classmate um, who wrote a now deleted Twitter post saying, um, "I did hear about these rumors at the time; it was going around the school." Um, I totally believe her because I've heard about those rumors. Then, which then contradicts de- her own contradicts stories. her own thing. subsequently, subsequently told deleted yeah. the yeah. post yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and said that she's a lot of nonsense going on here. I don't know there, there, what. There's happened. one
3: other. There's one other guy uh, yeah. who was uh, an SJ. Um, uh, who uh, came out today, wrote a letter to the Judiciary Committee uh-huh. saying he was named by her, uh, uh, I guess, in private as being at the party. And he's saying, no, he was not at the party.
1: Hmm. Yeah, look, I don't know what happened. Don't know. And I'm really annoyed by the number of people who believe that they do know what happened based on very little information that's 30 plus years old, particularly the um, reprehensible uh, Matthew Dowd who is, uh, you know, sort of banging his drum in virtue signaling, the old Bush administration guy, who was saying, like, you know, hang him high. He's the worst, and we should all sort of rally the troops and make sure that Brett Kavanaugh doesn't ever come to the bench. Um, I don't know if he should, and I don't, I'm not in a position to understand that. Like, if you want to look into these things, by all means, go ahead and look into these things. They parallels to the Anita Hill story, which are not particularly interesting right now, The thing about the Anita Hill story is it was it was investigated privately, not by the FBI. They took statements. That's it. Everyone says, oh, they're investigating. They didn't investigate. They took statements. That's that's a good point. Uh, So like the investigations came from crackpots on the far on the right, like David Brock, who became a guy of the left. And the real Anita Hill, who he famously referred to as a little bit nutty and a little bit slutty. Uh, mm. l- lovely guy. I'm glad that he's, you know, running media matters now. <laughs> and so there was a lot of I- investigation to what happened. This is a very compacted process right now of like trying to figure out these things. I don't care beyond. I hope that some measure of truth comes out and I hope that everyone's treated fairly on all sides. And I hope that she doesn't have to be brutalized by these p- p- idiots online that are defending anything Trump does. I will say this though, I think there's one overarching point that people are avoiding because it's not the sexy one to say anything about this stuff off the mainstream reservation that he's a rapist and he should be, be crucified and you shouldn't ask any questions and you believe the victim, et cetera, that she is a victim, um, is really, it's really bugging me because I saw, I've seen people say, well, you know, I don't know, like reasonable people, Not people of the right in any particular way. Some people of the right, some people of the left. And they are just being brutalized for asking these questions because it ties in to that old idea, well, recent vintage, but seems old at this point, that to question the victim's testimony is to re-traumatize them. And it's one thing that one cannot do. So in this particular case, you can say whatever you want and it just has to be either yes or no, up or down vote. It doesn't work that way. And it all happened in the same span of, of people defending themselves. Three people, four people. I'll say this. In the last week, I got a text message tonight from a friend that said, hey, did you see what happened to Ian Baruma? I remember Ian Baruma? You might know him. People long-time that, journalist. Long-time journalist. He's the editor of the New York Review of Books. No, he's not. Not anymore. Because <laughs> he uh, uh, published a piece by... Gian Gomeshi, the CBC Canadian journalist who was accused of sexual assault um, by multiple women. And it went to court and I think he was vindicated in court.
3: Mm, they, uh, he is part of that. He apologized for, yeah, for specific acts. Exactly. That were bad.
1: They were bad. And he claimed that like, look, I know nothing about this case. He could be the worst guy in the world. That's I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, you know, s stuff or whatever. That's what he claimed. He claimed he could be wrong. Um, and he, uh, uh, Baruma published a piece by him saying, this is what happened to me. Um, and he was fired for, for doing that. Wow. Uh, John Hawkenberry from NPR here in New York, uh, WNYC wrote a piece for Harper's and people are calling for the heads of those who allowed that piece to be published. Uh, the same thing is true now at New York Magazine for Daphne Merkin's piece, um, ab- about, uh, Sunyi Previn. Sunyi Previn. This should never – people that work at New York Magazine, journalists, I can send you tweets saying, I disavow what my magazine has done to allow this person to actually have an opinion. That was a piece of journalism. It was a piece of journalism, but Daphne Merkin has been friends with Woody Allen for four, 40 years or okay. something, So there, which she acknowledges in the piece. But we are at a point that I'm slightly – I think it's slightly unnerving in a way, is that we can't even hear the ideas of people who might be guilty of something. I don't deny that they might be guilty of something. But I I'm who amongst you, if it's biggest case of the year, you know, OJ Simpson hasn't said anything, and then he writes a book and it flies off the shelf because people want the perspective of those who are accused and who might be guilty. But we are in this, this sort of you know Puritan period that to ever have the voice of the terrorist. I mean, the way people are being treated this way, and I think a lot of them probably deserve it. I just don't know. But I think the problem is that a lot of people are being treated this way without due process is the way the right treats people who go to Guantanamo. We don't know if they're terrorists, but they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And you don't talk to them. You don't talk about them. You publish their shit. These are the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. You publish their poems or whatever. You're complicit. I can read John Gomeshi's piece as everybody else can. And, you know, it's like babies aren't reading the New York Review of Books. And say, okay, this guy sounds like a rat back. Or not, right? You know, the Hockenberry piece, people are like picking it apart. Like old guy that used to work for WNYC and writes for Harper's Magazine. Here's what happened to me. And everyone's like, oh, now the men are punching back. It's like, no, I mean, these guys had these really traumatic experiences. And it's not to say that if there were women that were legitimately attacked by these people that they didn't have not only traumatic experiences, but 50 times more traumatic experiences than losing your fucking job, of course. But it's worth talking about. It's worth
3: listening to them. It actually doesn't get better until it's talked about, to be honest. Yeah,
1: like, I don't understand. Like, why are we so afraid of hearing people's... Like, I want to hear from Albert Speer. I want to hear from Charles Manson. I want to hear them talk about these things. And I think I, I don't think want even people to than- get fired for saying, we should hear this perspective... It, they, it might be wrong, but if the, at the very, very least, if that person is a serial sexual abuser. At the very least, we get an incredible record of how people justify this awful behavior.
3: And also, I mean, the Manson-Spear angle is kind of uh, for historical curiosity on some level because they can be seen as distilled yeah. elements of evil. And don't try to nazi explain me, Moynihan. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> you're, you're right. So far, uh, so far, you're right. But, um, but I'm actually more interested in 75-25 cases because uh, we want everything to be sorted into pure evil and pure victim. And that is not the way actual life experience works. Yeah. I think a lot of the reaction, I'm very close on like all of you with a possible exception of Moynihan, but I'm close uh, to Kavanaugh's age. And I asked on Twitter and got told, I got fucking ratioed uh, for, for this. I, I uh, uh, put up a poll um, saying, hey, fellow uh, graduates, uh, high school graduates from the 1980s. Yes. If you can uh, like sit and try to remember every party that you went to, or just like <laughs> <laughs> different parties that you went to. Um, if and, you had fun in high school, you shouldn't remember any of them. <laughs> um, and like what percentage of the actual number of parties that you went to, do you think that would be, um, and the overwhelming majority voted with me, which is less than 10%. Like I, I sat and I tried to, to think of them all, everyone immediately thought that I was saying this as a way to, uh, uh, call the, uh, accusers, um, a testimony into question, which I wasn't, the, the point was actually, I presumed it was the other way around. It, the actual uh, idea is that you're, you, she needs uh, corroboration and it's going to be damned hard because people don't remember this unless they go through the trauma. Um, and uh, and even in the way that she describes it, Kavanaugh is like bouncing his shoulders off the wall trying to, to walk down the stairs. So it's, it's plausible that he doesn't remember. You mentioned these guys, uh, Michael, uh, um, describing their experiences. Uh, another uh, genre that has come up, which I think is really powerful, is women also of the same similar age. And this is the age of peak 15-year-old dude's Getting hammered. I mean, this is you can measure this like seventy eight to eighty four to. You 85. can measure it in
1: Hollywood with like Porky's,
2: Hot Dog, the movie. <laughs> no, I
3: mean an Animal House. Movies, animal, remember the scene in Animal yeah. House where the nice kid yeah. protagonist he's and, debating on whether or not to rape a sleeping girl. Fucker, sucker yeah. tits, yeah. and the other and the the devil and the angel uh, on his on his shoulder. That was pretty normal. Like and and ultimately,
2: well, did you see John Potteritz got uh, got pretty slammed for uh, lamenting that Revenge of the Nerds uh, when uh, the the main character. Uh, sleeps with a, with a girl under false pretenses, that that was sweet at the time. And now it's unacceptable. He deleted that
3: after it got uh
2: thoroughly I would, ratioed I
3: would, uh, I but, would delete that too. But like the, the, it's a testimony from Caitlin Flanagan. She wrote a piece in the Atlantic, which is a great piece, but with a bad subhead um, that uh, uh, described her own terrible yeah, experience don't blame her for that. at around the time. I don't blame yeah, her for yeah, it, but yeah, the yeah. subhead said, I had my own Brett Kavanaugh, which is yeah. uh, assumes that Brett Kavanaugh did this, which I think is a bad assumption. Um, but she describes in painstaking detail what it's like to go through a situation like that when you're in high school and explains very, I think, uh, clearly and understandably why you don't end up confronting your accuser um, and wh- why you're, why this knocks you off your game, which is one of the things sure. that uh, Dr. Sure. Ford said. And uh, if there's anything about this moment that I that – nothing is going to be good for the most part, I think, uh, especially in American politics um, – but that kind of reckoning actually is is both healthy and and uh, and really frustrating because what it shows is that you can't get you can't extract justice out of those things it's going to be really really hard but a lot of 15 and 16 year old girls in the early 1980s absolutely fucking lutely went through this i i think it's most likely that that ford went through this who knows exactly what the details are if it was kavanaugh other things but why would she do it i mean that's a weird thing to bring up even if it is in couples therapy So, so so the
1: question i think uh, you know, if you believe, there's no way you should believe e- either party here because I, well, how would you? Th- th- it's not a coincidence that your believe or don't believe overlaps almost entirely with your politics. I mean, it's like liberals believe this and the, the conservatives don't. But the question that Barry Weiss asked on MSNBC, which got her fucking pillory, too shocking. Other people asked similar questions were ratioed too. And I don't know why it's a bad question because it doesn't implicitly in any way suggest that you're okay with any sort of violence or sexual assault. Um, you know, and I think that, by the way, this the, the precision of language here has to be kind of, you know, sharpened up a little bit. I saw uh, my friend Tom Guerra, who I, I, I really enjoy, lefty guy. Um, guy from BuzzFeed? Uh, yeah. He yeah, writes a lot about the Middle East. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, so retweeted somebody. And he's like, well, yeah, that's talking about Kavanaugh, it's like, well, you know, as a, like, you know, you would say that about a rapist or something. And that's not the accusation. I mean, the accusation is there's no accusation that he raped somebody. And I think it's
3: very important attempted to, rape to, yeah. To, like, look the, maximum it, charge.
1: look, the maximum charge is attempted rape.
3: <laughs> Maybe imprisonment. Or something.
1: I, 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 who knows? I mean, I don't, again, don't know the circumstances, but I, she didn't make that claim. And I just think he should be sort of precise about these things. Cause it's a very toxic charge and, and it's a, you know, it's a toxic thing to do to somebody. So I would hope that, if that were the case, you'd be sort of precise about these But things. the question, that, the, the question but, that Barry
3: yeah. Weiss has
1: is... But the question that Barry Weiss has, which I think is a, is a is an interesting question that used to be the thing that you would throw out in a bull session late at night in college because people ask moral questions and you would squ- scratch your chin and wonder, well, okay, well, let's think about that for a second. She was just destroyed online for saying, you know, is a 17-year-old, 1983... A 17-year-old, indiscretion, drunken, failed indiscretion. I mean, couldn't even manage to be a total scumbag, if this are true. This Mm -hmm, is true. She mm -hmm, runs mm -hmm. out. If that were true, 17 years old, in high school... Is it perpetually disqualifying? Is it perpetually disqualifying? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, Camille. Like, and that's and and like, I think that's an
0: interesting question. What's your super answer? Super interesting question. What's your answer?
3: Do you know? Do you What's have an why? answer? I don't know. I, mean, I don't do, it it know. Like, if it, if, is it, if, is if it, we do. know it's, if we know it's true, which we can't at enough. a
0: minimum for for progressives who have who've advocated <laughs> for criminal. No, yeah, listen. I, at a minimum I, yeah, for progressives who've advocated forcefully for criminal justice reform. For some of them who have advocated that. Look, I fully acknowledge that the reason for mass incarceration is often because people who've committed violent crimes are being sent to prison for very long times. We need to be more forgiving Mm -hmm. and we need to understand when people have sort of become contrite. Perhaps there's a special dispensation for certain Demographics and maybe white guys don't qualify for such special dispensations, but, but at a minimum. But you we should, should be more question. forgiving.
3: But you should. You should answer Oh, the me personally, yeah, yeah. I yeah.
0: don't. I don't think a seventeen, a, a dis, an indiscretion at seventeen, ought to necessarily be disqualifying.
3: Hand for over the mouth, all circumstances. Hand over the infusion. mouth, you on the bed, trying to rip your clothes off. Yeah.
0: Does it have to? You be You mean off? for the Supreme Court? Yeah. Oh, should that uh, be
3: disqualifying if if there was a camera somehow in that
2: room? <sighs> Exactly. For the Should Supreme be, Court. Not all things. Not For you, the Supreme not, can Court. You, can you not live a, Do you, a life? Can must you not you earn be, a living? But for the Supreme you Court. Must you have been
0: pure as the ah, driven snow ah, at 17? Can I say... I'll, I'll say that, no. Can I say... I'll I, say no. It With all be. due respect to my I'll friend yes.
1: Anthony Fisher, that's a bullshit argument that I've heard quite a bit about that. <laughs> That's, that's, that's right. Right. Is, is that, well, you know, you don't get a right to the Supreme Court. If you are Brett Kavanaugh, nobody knows who you are a month and a half ago. Uh-huh. Now everybody knows who you are and thinks you're a rapist. <laughs> it's not just going to stop at the Supreme this Court. This is true. Is he going to get gonna kicked off like, the federal bench right uh, now? He, well, it, his life is going to be very, very difficult after this. What, for
2: almost uh, every which, which look, if if he yeah. did it, if, what he, if he did do- it,
0: you know, maybe that's okay. If he didn't.
2: If he gets confirmed, he's a Supreme Court justice for the rest of his life. Sure. And just like everyone everyone remember well not a lot of people do remember what happened with Clarence Thomas, 27 Literally years. nobody
1: knows, because I, <laughs> I did a yeah. survey yeah. of this amongst people yeah. that I was working with. And Clarence Thomas, what was he accused of? There was— of? Most people can maybe— Maybe say pubic cocaine. There was the gross. There was more there was long more, dong
2: silver. There was more corroborating evidence against Clarence Thomas, than there is against Brett Kavanaugh. And yet, Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and if Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed, if as long as uh, uh, Collins and Murkowski don't go turncoat, mm-hmm. Brett Kavanaugh will be on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life, and this will be a footnote.
0: Well, we don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. I don't know if it's going to be change. a footnote,
1: especially now. I mean, especially now that that that. You know, these charges will stick to you forever, and it's become... Like I think with the Anita Hill thing, whether you believe Anita Hill or believe in Thomas, time. it's a different time that it just kind of went into the background. Mm. Anita Hill was discovered, quote unquote, discovered, like teaching law in Oklahoma or Kansas, like twenty years later, and people started shoving microphones in her face. At the same time, people were doing Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentaries and Gloria Steinem shows. I mean, it became like at the moment nobody even, cared.
2: Even Democrats were going after Anita Hill. Oh, for sure. Time, like Joe Biden, mean, for,
1: for sure. I mean, that's it. Like. You know, hmm. that, the, the parallel, I, I think doesn't hold up in a lot of ways, but the question to, to, to Matt asking the straight up question is we, it, if you did something bad when you were 17 or that, if you did that, no, I, no, I won't, I won't, I won't allow that because, yeah. because I won't say that because that allow, it means that is a special evil And I think it's, it's bad and horrifying Mm -hmm. you should be arrested for it. Indisputable. sometimes I feel that, you know, if I murdered somebody, I'm more likely to be able to run for office if something comes accused. Uh It was a a mistake. The question I ask myself is that I have done some things when I was in high school that I'm not proud of. None of them approach that because none of them, I legitimately, none of them were sexual. But I, you know, I might've punched somebody in the face one time that didn't deserve it. Right? a dwarf? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know what you call them. That was that was precisely that was precisely that, I, was, that was precisely that was precisely my is reckoning. Is that is that disqualifying? When I was needlessly violent, aggravated, like someone who didn't deserve anything, and I punched them hard, and a bunch of my friends punched them too, like so that's, a gang that's, stomping. Yeah, it's a thuggish. It was a Yankee disgusting fan? behavior. Thug is the new Yankee inward. fan. No, I would say I'm a thug. No, yeah. he no, not not
3: a Yankee fan. What was, was his identifying characteristic, Michael? Albanian. <laughs> okay, you got it Yeah,
1: I, I do. But, wanna... but, but, but is that disqualifying? I'm just wondering oh, what me. behavior when you're 17 is and what isn't. Like holding a woman down. Like, I, look, I'm I'm saying that this might be very disqualifying. Like, you can convince me that very easily. I haven't thought this uh-huh. through in that way. I'm kind of thinking about it as I go. But what if you? Robbed a store and hold, held a gun to an old lady's head and took everything out of that register. the register. Used the Then you decided O'Rourke? after you lay, like, you well, sure. Used the right.
3: Beatoaruka uh, example. I just don't right? know. I don't. The know. heartthrob uh, congressman here, a guy I've interviewed and I like, and uh, rooting for him to beat Ted Cruz uh, in the Senate in, in Texas at age 26, not 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, gets into DUI. Is actually a crash, right? Uh, yeah, the- crash. And attempted to flee. The attempted series. to yes. flee on on foot as like a drunk, you know, twenty something rock and roll douchebag. Um, that could have could have killed people. Could have could have like yeah. uh, could have Laura Welch bushed this over her, over the ex, mm. over the ex boyfriend. Uh, it didn't, but like so, do we forgive that he's an adult? It could have been bad. It wasn't quite as bad as it could could be. For me, if there was a videotape, if we had we had irrefutable evidence that a seventeen year old. Uh, not a person who you 're thinking about throwing into jail, but a person that you 're thinking about becoming a supreme Court uh, uh, justice um, put his hand over someone 's mouth, pinned her to a bed, and tried to rip off her clothes against her will that to me is dis- that that 's a disqualifying thing more than Moynihan punching dwar- dwarfish Albanians in south
1: so so that but what else would be at seventeen and by the way, th- this is the question actually does seventeen matter?
3: 17 kind of does and and I and I would be adopting my standard as I'm going here um something like 16 to 18 there's 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 a uh, I mean you should be fully tried and in the criminal justice system as an adult after you're 18 um, but there's certain like behavior if you're 16 17 and 18 that you do and again if we're not talking about uh, subjecting you to the full brunt of the criminal justice system but something different um, then I think, I think you opened yourself up to criticism. You're old does enough not, to know that. Does
1: 1983 better.
3: matter? That's the thing, man. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, these are great. I'm serious. These are all fucking great questions. Um, and, uh, and. I don't know the
1: answer to them I, in any way. I it, don't have an opinion. It's not. To be honest.
3: 1983 is not exculpatory, but as we were mentioning before, and as I lived through for sure, although I wasn't a, a rogue and I didn't drink that much in high school, um, uh, I, People behaved badly yeah. uh, there. Uh, and the more relative w- to today. Yeah. Like sure. night and day. Sure. Like, like there sure. aren't any, I can't standards be- standards change. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm, I, I <laughs> sort of
1: believe this charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's not, like people acted like
0: that. It's well, disgusting. well, let me, let me, let me pull back a little bit here. Um, I think all of that is very interesting. I did want to mention something because. After, I believe this was our last dispatch, maybe it wasn't, Um, but after a conversation that we had um, where we mentioned Louis C.K., there Mm -hmm. was an email from someone called Headset Girl, Um, Mm -hmm. and the email is quite long, so I'm not going to read the entire thing, but she was... Um, profoundly offended. She's a self-declared fan of the podcast, very very friendly and nice things to say, but profoundly offended by the conversation we had. And the closing recommendation um, Mm. for us was that if we're going to be having conversations like this, we should be having them with women in the room who can moderate our, our male perspectives on these issues, and I apologize. She might not be I wrong. Mischaracterized. The I, I, what I she think said. that there's
1: a point maybe, to that. Maybe she yeah. isn't, and that I, is and I suspected.
0: I suspected we might yeah. have divergent perspectives on yeah. this. Yeah. I will tell you my own perspective on this um, after reading the email, um, and I, I came to it quite quickly because I just I have some some philosophical foundational beliefs. One of which is that your perspective on things doesn't derive merit from the fact that you happen to be a certain thing, i.e. white, black, old, young, or whatever. The perspective that you have has merit if you can bring evidence to bear to support that perspective, make your argument in a credible way. Um, perhaps she's right about everything, and perhaps the things that, that were said there were wrong on the merits, um, but I, w- I reject forcefully... Um, The notion that I need to have people in the room of a particular gender in order to have a conversation in a responsible way. Um, I don't deny that people's experiences will give them unique perspective on an issue. But if I were, for example, to say that. I have been personally sexually assaulted or that I have family members who have been sexually assaulted. Would that be diminished or would that enhance my credibility to to talk about any of these issues? And whether or not that's true, you don't know, dear listener. Um, But it seems to me that that isn't really the fundamental question when it comes to whether or not we're allowed to talk about these things publicly. And I, I did yeah, want to I doubt she used the
1: word that allowed oh, look, or
3: I, need.
0: I, I, I will say this as somebody well, who started, no, she said, I suggest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good a suggestion. And, and look,
3: I don't think it's, it's a good suggestion. I don't think it's, it's, a, bad it's a particularly, yeah.
0: I don't think it's a particularly good suggestion. Uh, well, let, me, let, let me defend I her but on principle. Uh, uh, but I expected us to disagree
1: and say this, I didn't read the entire email, so I might disagree with her in some, in some senses, But I agree with her in the broad way. And I'll agree with her in the broad way in the sense that, like, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not kicking myself and saying, we should have had a woman here. Because, you know, the way these things happen in a sort of practical way is somebody suggests a a, a news story or a topic that they've read five minutes before they come to the studio. So we (laughs) talk about it that way. It's not as if we had two weeks of a lead up and didn't think of getting a woman. I think we would, or I would anyway. And the reason I would, and as distinct from Camille's, Very eloquent and well-defended position, but it has one fatal flaw, my Mm, dear. mm. And it's this. I think that there's something specific about these types of things and when it comes to gender. And the reason, you know, this is not somebody who, I'm not, everybody who listens to the show knows, I'm not somebody who's, you know, in the front of the, you know, von Schlieffen plan of gender wars, you know, Uh trying to. To, to fight this battle. But I think this, I think she's right in one sense. I have talked to a number of women who laugh at me when I say, you know, I heard that somebody took their dick out and started like jerking off in front of them in the subway. And everyone I've known would be like, dude, I've seen this 50 times in my life, 50 times this week, uh-huh. 300 times this year. Every time there's some, you know, you know, heavy breathing scumbag like on me, this, like I think that the, the cumulative effect of that, that it has on women, I cannot possibly understand. You and I, as two guys, you're black, it doesn't make a difference to me. And I think in so many cases, it doesn't make a difference, but gender, I think is slightly different in that sense, in that I know women who have to deal with these lecherous guys who do this all the fucking time. And the fact of the matter is some of it's, you know, I, I, I don't meet people who say I get physically attacked by people i've literally no one's ever told me that but doesn't mean it hasn't happened it's probably something you wouldn't tell me but the (laughs) fact but the fact but the fact that people tell me all the time like yeah i see guys like looking at me staring at me jerking off on the fucking e-train all the time it's happened 50 times in the past year i think that does create a certain different reaction to things in your in you that's does it, your different physical
3: stature. I yeah, mean, you are look, overpowered. Exactly, at least numerically, right? And
1: I think that the the what it sounds like to me, this is going to be the worst thing. It's gonna, I, there's no way of phrasing this in a nice way. When I hear the Louis C.K. thing, like I'm a guy, and I think of jerking off, right? If a woman hears that who's seen 58 guys jerking off in the E train in front of her in the last year, they see that differently yeah. than me. I'm like, ah, oh, he's just fucking beating off. And like he asked the woman, not a big deal. Whatever. I, he must jerk off in the same way I do kind of thing. Right. So I think there is merit to headset girl, uh, as argument in that sense, I, I, we could headset girl, you're lovely and I hope you keep listening, but we could have had a woman in the show who, who just gave us a bunch of babble and meant, said nothing and, and, and detracted from the conversation, didn't add. So I don't think gender on its own is interesting, but I do believe that, there, that, that the idea that there is a perspective specifically on this issue, I would say that, 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 is, that appeals to me in some way.
0: I think, I think differentiating between the fundamental fact that people have subjective experiences- that color their perspectives on any number of issues and the notion that genders in general mm-hmm. have different experiences that are perhaps say uniform, um, that they're different. And mm-hmm. I think you can almost certainly make some broad claims about males and females, as we already have in this program. Sure, this is sure. our, our most Anti man podcast in history fuck where we've already established <laughs> that men are committing more violent crime, yeah. that they are much yeah. more likely to be the aggressors. I was gonna go the hook up with a guy predators. after this, but fuck those No, guys, guys are terrible. <laughs> men, now men I'm gonna, now I'm gonna find men a woman. Men are shit.
3: Camila is obsessed with Muslim dudes. <laughs> uh, I love you guys <laughs> noticing it's that. It's true,
0: I love them. Um, but, but. I just, I, I do think there's a distinction to be drawn there. And it's, it's the reason why I bristle at the suggestion that I should have people who represent different identity suggestion. categories. Suggestion. Well, the, well, the d- they, they don't make, have I, to. I, I but, said, but, I bristle up. at the suggestion. I didn't I say I'm I, outraged and, and I'll punch you in the I face. Understand. I'm understand. i bristling. But, but it's bristling is homophobic. First me first of the bristling. All. Here's
1: the thing. It doesn't mean yeah. that, that, I mean, like I want to hear the perspective of somebody who would say to Louis C.K., you are history's greatest
0: monster. I want to hear that too. And that is kind a woman of, who might have had
1: a, a, the cumulative experiences on the train or whatever, and like I don't get it. Like, you don't know I don't how get many men I've seen It masturbate Doesn't on the train. mean I. Like, I'll tell you, it's more than zero. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and most of the times it's you. That's
0: not. <laughs> um, you can't see yourself. That, that is a first class. <laughs> you see
2: the stats on like airplane masturbation? There was like a whole. There, there was a whole. They there, was, have stats? there was what is well, there was a whole. I wish I could remember the, which publication. So when you was, I'm jerking you was, off
1: on a plane, people are like ticking it on. <laughs>
2: they're, they're, I was going to say this is a fake studies. No, people have reported. I mean, comfort plus. People report this stuff. People report what that they. Have masturbated? You no, know, the they planes? have seen Some people masturbating, masturbating plane. on planes. Yeah, yes, people yeah, lie right. about that sort of thing. By no, anyway, yeah. I, are, the way, there f- are plenty of Twitter videos. #Hashtag I believe people. Fisher is that right? Yes, believe <laughs> 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 like, uh, all Fisher. Robin went out real quick. All right, who's this guy? So, so um. Senate, Senator uh, Mazie Hirono from Hawaii. Yeah. Yes, the
0: Dem- Democratic senator from Hawaii. Yeah,
2: so so I'm sure you guys saw this. Uh She called for the enlightened men of of our country to rise up and say we cannot continue the victimization and smearing of someone like Dr. Ford. And then she followed that up with, I just want to say to the men in this country, just shut up and step up. So she's calling for everyone to shut up and just do what they're told, which is not, I even think, as close to what Headset Girl suggested. I think Headset Girl was was making a, a very reasonable suggestion that we may have gotten, we may have missed a perspective one time. But I don't think that she was kind of tarring our entire discourse as I'd- something that was yep. uh Didn't didn't suggest no no, no 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 I didn't say you were, but i just want to be clear about this. That that I, I felt her suggestion was was like 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 you said, we we might have conversations where there isn't a woman in the room or, or a different perspective uh, relevant to the conversation in the room. But this particular conversation, especially, I don't even, I really don't even remember this conversation. I don't know if I remember we were drunk or sober, but we, couldn't. but we, so we, we, we may have so had, I remember a, we it. may have had a blind spot or two that could have made the conversation more rich.
0: Three, three to one. Can,
2: can I say something
0: that's a
1: total gear shift in the sense yeah. of, please shift the gear. I was going to make a comment about um, planes and about a, a direct message I got on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram. Uh, about a thing I posted. I posted a picture of myself uh, uh, on, well, a picture from a plane, and it was definitely not in first <laughs> Masturbating. class. And, well, I mean, I mean, call it whatever you want. I mean, I, was, <laughs> I call it exercising. Gratif- self-gratification. And so yes. um, this, per- this person uh, sent me a message I don't follow on Instagram, and um, and uh, sent me a message like, oh, Vice makes you fly in fucking steerage or whatever. And I was going to, I thought it was Just a column fan. <laughs> well, that's, you know what, here's my point I was like, fifth column fan I was gonna shout this person out And then I clicked on it And then I, I clicked on her thing And it's like a hot babe And I was like, not a fifth column
0: fan. Oh, it's a woman <laughs> yeah. It's a woman who jumped into your DMs Yeah, Yeah, yeah Oh boy, oh, boy. Yeah Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, I, just,
1: I, I think I know she her. She
0: seems pleasant. I think I know her. She seems pleasant. I hope she's not like
1: Great a friend
3: of mine's girlfriend. That, or was the, that was the Jesus wrong. Christ,
0: <laughs> I just said she seems pleasant. Yeah, she's she seems pleasant. I don't know what else. So I was going to talk saying.
1: about the thing that she sent me, but now I won't. No, I don't think I you I should identify her as a yeah. hot babe.
0: Ha- having jumped into her DMs. You, responded. I responded. As if she was a Fifth Column fan. I don't doubt. And that I did. said something Fifth Column. She's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What was the second response after you saw the picture? How did you respond then? Um,
2: yeah, you well, do have to na- Well, no,
1: I just saw it now, and now I'm gonna respond and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, right. I'm just saying. <laughs> <All> right. Whatever. <laughs> not, not a good way to end our. Yeah. yeah too. No. No. By the way, by the way, I love all of our fans. You guys are some ugly motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's nine nineteen. Um, what does that mean? We've we've got to get out of here pretty soon. Right. Um, Welch has some place to be. There were what other you, things. Where the
3: fuck are you going? <laughs> I'm going to interview a dude.
0: Who? For like uh, for, for
3: journalism
1: <laughs> or for like a job? <laughs> uh,
3: for you know uh, airplane onanism. But yeah, really?
1: Damn. is about that true? What?
3: Can you tell me what it's about? Airplane about onanism. Lanny Friedlander.
1: Oh my God. Okay. So sh- yeah. I won't say anything about that. Literally
0: <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think, I think that's probably enough for one dispatch. There were some other things that we might have gotten to, but we'll, we'll do that another time. Can you tell me what they would be? We what don't have to talk about them. What they might be? Well, yeah, I just want people to be disappointed in us. What, what, I, what, what, I've we been, have? I've been laboring mm-hmm. over a piece, um, about like Colin Kaepernick and now our, our very good friend, Radley Balco, who had a, a piece that is much celebrated um, that was published in the Washington Post yesterday in which he did a, a document dump of mm-hmm. studies, which mm-hmm. he acknowledged in the in the actual article. He hadn't actually read all of said studies, which, quite frankly, so far as I'm concerned, fucking journalistic malpractice, Radley. But it's OK. We've wow. On it wow. I'm just saying. Hey, what's up? We're going to shoot across the bow. I'm just saying. This, this is
3: like a French, I don't, French goodbye. I don't I don't, like, publish, yeah. I don't publish.
0: I don't publish. I wouldn't publish a piece and reference studies at all that I hadn't read. And I wouldn't even disclose the fact that I hadn't read them in order to sort of bring to bear uh, an entire
3: case. Because that would but require you finishing a piece. all of the pieces
0: piece. are fundamentally about the importance of racism to the conversation about criminal justice reform and the perspective that at bottom, the criminal justice system is motherfucking racist. Um, I, as listeners to this podcast know, I think that is a perspective that... Uh, has some problems, some mm. challenges associated with it. But the challenge that I've been having, as I disclosed to Matt earlier, is the, the fact that oftentimes when it comes to issues like this, it's constantly a circumstance where I arrive at the party and everybody's like, we're about to, we're about to throw down, you know, the blood, we, we're with the bloods and we love the bloods. No, 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 no. You guys listen, we're with the, we're with the Crips. We love the Crips and showing up to the party and saying, Hey guys, gangs are dumb. Oftentimes, is a much more challenging thing Such to have to try to do. Nerd. So. Trying to bring the necessary infrastructure, camp, yeah. <laughs> the necessary infrastructure to make a persuasive argument that isn't I completely have magic. The gathering hard. cards. Yeah. So, well, could right. it, be, could, it, could
2: it be possible that this, uh, this this story might last enough for the next dispatch? That, uh, uh...
0: Listen, the Colin Kaepernick um, uh, anthem gate scandal has gone on for three years. Sure, and he's so he's been out of the league for two seasons. Yeah. He currently is the anchor of a national ad campaign by the biggest retail retail brand on the globe that is overstated. that is overstated. that he's the well, anchor yeah, of it maybe maybe you say it's overstated no. i say he's the voice of god in the peace mm. and he twice refers to himself and this thing that's being adjudicated currently by courts as to whether or not he was thrown out of the nfl because he was uh, being punished for taking a stand for Mm -hmm. justice. The obvious conclusion that any sane person looking at this dispute about the Anthem nonsense ought to be reaching very quickly, quite frankly, is that whatever the hell it was in the beginning, at this point, it has Mm -hmm little to do with criminal justice reform like oh the totally. people on either side of this issue but if you look at the buffalo bills quarterback
2: uh, squad you could say that Colin kaepernick's probably better than anyone they've rolled two, out in the two way.
0: years two years after being inactive sure. i wouldn't say that shit josh gordon just got traded two to the years, patriots he hasn't two played two years in three years of, two years after not playing i wouldn't say he's let, better than anyone. let, let me guys. make a but, but rather
1: provocative argument that every team in the NFL should say, you know what, I'm not going to hire the guy with the fucking Castro t-shirt. On. <laughs> you got a Castro t-shirt on? You know or, what? What's up, Marco Rubio? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Or,
0: or the or the socks. What's up, where you, Salt Bay? Yeah. Or the socks where all the all the cops are pigs. Salt
2: Bay. I, so the thing is, I'm I'm, I'm totally with you that like, I he, he, has, he has totally did you co-opted this, this conversation. The was
3: supposed to be about like you know what are we what are we not going to talk about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then well, I I haven't there, talked like, about it yet. I haven't even I
0: haven't even leveled my argument.
3: But anyway, yeah. can I not? I... I don't want to have a political
1: conversation. I want to to end on this. We can end on this. It's not a political conversation. Go for it. Did anyone uh, prior to this week know who fucking Salt Bay was? I still don't know who Salt Bay. I I did. You did. I did, and I do. Really?
0: Yeah. What I, I don't know, know what happened. Him. I just know he does this thing with the salt. What the fuck is wrong with him? The thing with the salt. I'm sorry for this is a family podcast. And <laughs> I know you're trying to listen to your kids and everything, and I was swearing a lot, but I've been drinking all day. Yeah. But
1: like, he, yeah, he, really. he, ha- he wears sunglasses inside. Yeah. He's like ripped and wears v-necks, which is a total uh, fashion crime. Is he ripped? And, 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 yeah. And then he cuts meat. In this very dramatic way and like spins around like some sort of fucking Turkish flamenco dancer (laughs) and all of a sudden camera pans over and that fat idiot who used to be a bus driver and is now ruining a country, Nicolas Maduro, is eating steak and smoking a cigar. That was the best story
0: of the Oh, week. I I missed that. I okay, didn't
1: look even it know
3: up. Wow. Salpe. Yeah. Wow. Salpe Maduro. Salpe Maduro. But then Marco yeah. Rubio didn't dox him per se. He just that's said public. Here's, oh, that's the that was the Rubio story. <laughs> yeah, here's yeah. his phone number. Of this uh, restaurant, restaurant of guy, restaurant. Yeah, of the restaurant. Should, which is publicly available, you can look right. that up on right. But right. like, he's got a million plus followers, and he said, "Go call him and give him a hard time."
2: That's yeah, okay, fine. I'm fine with that. It's called no. democracy, man. I'm fine with that. <laughs> what a stupid <laughs> headline here on like,
1: like, oh, gee, why that, is Mark uh, everywhere tweeting about Salt Bay
2: Well, no, they, they, I, I looked at the uh, the Google SEO one. Marco Rubio doxed Salt Bay over Venezuela politics because 2018.
1: Do, but uh, bec- yeah, because uh, 2018, yeah. which is that formulation. <laughs> but doxing him, you can't dox somebody if you can pick up, pick up a fucking yellow pages, <laughs> flip into him like, oh, that's the number. Like, oh my god, did you I just every, dox me? Everyone knew. I everyone doxed knew. you by looking in a publicly available oh. register of phone numbers. Can I can
0: I say that I already feel bad for what I just said about, about Radley? I love Radley. That's it sounds I have, like shocking. I have enormous I have enormous respect for Radley. I think he's wrong, though. Well, get him on. Okay. Why do you? Why do you keep calling uh,
1: Radley a punk ass bitch? Then I know it's, not cool. <laughs> it's not cool,
2: Cracker. I, I like Radley. I know Radley comes to New York uh, fairly frequently, and I would really hope he would come in studio next oh, time. can, he's can I? Cool. Can I say one more thing? We're gonna punch here, out right uh, now, uh, uh, Camille.
1: He's, what with, do you think Radley's doing here? He's in New York when when he comes here. What do you think he's doing? I don't know. Yeah,
0: hanging yeah. out with the cops.
1: Find, find, find a way. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. yeah, Radley. Radley Balco. <laughs> stop snitches. <laughs> <out of control.
0: laughs> Can I say one more thing? Shouts out to Wait, IJ. Shouts out to stitches. IJ who who <laughs> have managed to destroy, yeah. completely obliterate one of the worst, most egregious asset forfeiture programs in the world. Well, at least in the United States oh, of America. Um, pretty remarkable accomplishment. Um, it's something they've been working on since 2014. 2014 yeah. Yeah. people Very is actually the year that black lives matter, um, was activated. It's also the year 2014 when, um, Scott Walker, um, signed into law, the legislation that made Wisconsin, one of the first States in the United States to require independent investigations of police involved shootings. Something remarkable about the fact that for, well, what was the
2: program that IJ shut down?
0: The asset forfeiture program in, uh, Pennsylvania, okay. Philadelphia. You didn't Philadelphia. mention that. Sorry. 2014. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, I said Philadelphia. It's a good year. It's a good year.
0: Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's yeah. weird to say backwards. Great year. I'm a little drunk. Great year. We've got to go. Well, has to
2: get out of here. Oh, what a loser. Later. Bye. Later. Bye.
1: Later. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse.